made it, Marvel. Star Wars beat you. Finally. Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday, January 10th. It is cold where I am. It's like Hoth. Sheets of ice out there, but that's okay. It's warm in the base. We're here to talk Star Wars. Uh, very excited to get into all the latest news and give our takes on all that stuff. And with me, as always, is James and Lacey. What is going on? James, what's up, dude? Um, Do you got a new desk or something? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, you can't see any of that. Uh, yeah, oh. the, uh, I do have a new desk. Uh, so I thought I, so. You just I look got... like a new man. Yeah. No, I got that. And uh, it's funny that you say the desk, though, is because like the shelves and stuff are also new as well. Got a couple things. Rearranging Get this room a little bit. Um, and some stuff you can't, guys can't see. You know what I mean? It's like kind of below or off frame. But um, no, I am excited. I also got a uh, R2-D2 lava lamp thanks to Val from Star Wars Newsnet. Um, yeah, he sent me that. I and, need a Star uh, Wars Newsnet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's great. And it's uh, it's over here. I just moved it down before this episode so the lava is not quite mustafar level yet but it is going to be soon <laughs> nice very That's cool it. um lacy you uh i don't think they i don't think you can get star wars news insurance anymore you got like sniped for some reason but um we'll have to get you one figure out how to get you one um what's going on with you what's new how's life nothing new year same me I don't care what anybody says. Same people. Uh, No, exciting uh, year ahead in Star Wars. A lot of stuff going on, which is what we've been waiting for. It's been really fun to be doing the live shows every Wednesday. Um, We're going to be joined by Star Wars Explained this week, which is exciting. And Mm -hmm. and Molly. Um, Other than that, not much. Just living my life, you know. I'm a parent now, so Mm -hmm. just figuring it out. (laughs) Doing the thing, yep. Mm -hmm. uh trb full parent mode across the board here um so yeah uh just as a warm-up it was it was interesting that i guess it's not that big of a deal because you know people say oh boba fett's a more popular character than hawkeye but boba fett beat hawkeye in their debuts by a little bit by like 0.2 million viewers um and uh i think it's just one of those things where we live in this age now where marvel's just crushing everybody and Star Wars is not the big cat anymore in town. But seeing that uh, Star Wars got a win, so to speak, even though it's going all going to Bob Chappick's pockets, uh, it's still cool from the pride of fans standpoint. So mm-hmm. well, were you guys surprised to see that? Or were you like, yeah, of course Boba Fett's going to beat Hawkeye? I wasn't surprised. I knew Boba Fett was going to... You're talking about like Tony Tony Stark going against like, you know... I don't know, hammerhead or like snaggletooth. Like it's it's not the same level of popularity, I would argue, from Hawkeye, who has gained popularity, I think, I from the comics, but then the Avengers movie in 2012, it doesn't have the legacy of 40 something years like Boba Fett does. Yeah, right. I mean, you could say uh because I agree with that. Um, and that was one of my thoughts too. I, I was also gonna say that you could argue, I guess, coming off of Mandalorian season one, season two was a hit. Um, but I was, I was kind of leaning towards this is technically a new show that doesn't really have anything like leading up to it. And 
it still kind of feels like even though those other ones, they're all connected, but to me, doesn't it kind of feel like there's WandaVision and then there was the next one and then there was the next one yes. and there's Loki. And it's just like they kept getting like hyped and hyped and hyped. And so like when Hawkeye dropped, it it didn't matter that it was a, a background character because they could have, it's not, he's not a background character. He's like one of he's the not. Avengers. He's I not. get it. So, But I see what you're saying. It doesn't even matter if he's the lowest tier or whatever. I still just kind of feel like there's so much hype around those Marvel shows, but I, I I don't know. I, I guess And they were getting ready for Spider Man. There was a lot going on. It was yeah. the holidays. I think just the thing is, is like I think everybody's like not ha- we haven't had a Star Wars property in a while and everybody was just like, Oh, it's back. I just I don't care what it is. I just yeah. gotta go back to Star Wars. And I think that w- uh kind of was that um that Jurassic World vibe. Where yes. it's like yep. for some reason everybody was just like I can't freaking wait to go back to Jurassic Park, you know? And uh, yeah. everybody went and saw Those the movie. Those people almost died, but I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also with Boba Fett, you got to feel like maybe some of the older fans who have sort of not stuck around are like, well, it's Boba Fett. I'm going to give this one a look. Let right. Let me see yeah. what, this, what this is. So there's probably a cross-generational from the old school to new fans that may have uh, fueled that a bit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what this second episode did for numbers because I think there was a mixed reaction, at least from diehard fans for the first chapter, <clears throat> which makes me think general audiences may be even more mixed on that first chapter. So curious to see how that affects chapter two. But um, either way, we loved it. And uh, if you haven't checked out the Mando Fan Show yet, uh, we were live this past Wednesday. We'll be live again this Wednesday, but go check it out. Uh, either on YouTube on the channel or your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're collecting those Mando code numbers. We're two numbers in, and we'll be giving out the third this Wednesday. Uh, like Lacey said, Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained will be joining us, and we'll be live 9 p.m. East on youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net videos. Bring your friends. The live chat has been full. There's yeah. been a lot of people joining us live, so it's been so cool. From all over, yeah. internationally too. Yeah, UK, everywhere. People are popping in from Brazil. all over the place. It's a great community, and mm-hmm. uh, you can get your comments on the show, and uh, it's a really great, fun time, and that's what it's all about. So we've been having a fun time doing that, but now we're back to the main show, TRB, a different type of show now, because you know sometimes people are like, oh, we're getting till the end of the show. I'm going to duck out. Not this time, pal, because uh, we're actually doing Will of the Force at the end of the show. We're doing a little mix hybrid here for trb so it's gonna be pretty full fun trb episode so let's get it going right now james because we do have a lot to do so what is cooking in the old resistance report it's the resistance Resistance report this week, john is going to be about well we're going to kick it off at least with a little bit of the book of Boba Fett, right? <laughs> it seems wow. like it's everywhere, uh, and people are doing all of their rounds for uh, publicity and promotion behind this thing. And one of those people would be Jennifer Beals, uh, who is who's been in the first two episodes so far, and uh, she was in fact doing an interview with Harper's Bazaar, and they were asking a lot about their, her character and what it was like being on set. It was actually really surprising. I kind of wouldn't have expected this 
Um, but we always like it when uh, the people who are involved in the show go, they gush over being involved in Star Wars and they can't believe it. And I had a great time and I wish I could go back and I want to do more. Um, it is interesting. She said she can't talk too much about her character, which really heavily implies that she's more involved than these first two episodes or just the, the kind she's clearly not the door person, but you get what I'm saying. Like she's not just someone who's like standing around. Um, but, uh, there was a lot that was talked about in this, uh, article, um, and so many different points of view of, uh, wh why she's excited to be involved and what she thinks of her character. And Lacey, I know you kind of mentioned something really lightly on the Mando fan show that was interesting. So I'm actually going to start with you on this one. Um, what popped out to you in this article? Well, first of all, I think she's done an amazing job so far. I know she hasn't had like huge roles. She's had like a couple lines here and there, but like mm -hmm. the intrigue with her character is so exciting because <clears throat> I think that we all assume that something else is going on there uh, with her sanctuary bar and or her cantina and like how she plays into this world. Um, I mean, with her cantina being called sanctuary, you can kind of assume, which I'm sure John's going to talk about with this interview in a little bit, but. Um, the thing that kind of stood out to me in this interview is like how much, first of all, she loves being in Star Wars, which who wouldn't? Um, but her talking about the experience of working with the other actors, like working with Ming-Na Wen and saying how she was giving her advice about her character and like how she's so, uh, she walks into the room and just lights it up. And then when it's time to get into mm -hmm. game mode, she turns into this like real badass character, which is really cool. And then I loved the little bit of her talking about robert rodriguez and tamora morrison just like jamming out in the room next to her oh, <laughs> because as we know so for real after we watched yeah, those right? like behind the scenes thing of him playing the mandalorian season yeah. two where he's just playing with the baby uh you know grogu baby yoda puppet and he's just jamming out like i love that those little tidbits of the environment that these actors are in because it to me it makes it more fun when you hear those behind the scenes stories just because it's not so serious you know they're not taking it so so crazy serious that you should too it's like they're having fun with it and yes they love it and they're passionate about it but they're not doing it to a point that it's not fun because mm -hmm. it seems like it's fun no matter if the cameras are rolling or not which is really really cool to hear um with her character in particular she did talk about the costumes a little bit which i mentioned on the the mando fan show was She's really into like yoga and meditation and dreaming and stuff like that, which is super cool. I'm a big person about manifesting like what you want, like just kind of picturing it and imagining it and like hoping for it and doing the work, obviously, to get what you want. But mm -hmm. ultimately, yeah. like thinking that you're going to get those positive vibes, then they come your way. So the idea that she's talking about that and how she worked with the costume designer to uh you know work herself into her character becoming the character in star wars not only through makeup and co and costume and and line or not through just like lines and speaking and being there and yeah. the makeup but also through the costume as well because she gets to actually take part in it so she brought in like different shapes and images and ideas she had through her meditation and dreaming and the costume designer worked it into her character so like her whole like earpiece earring is actually from her own mind which is kind of cool because it's like it's even more her in the star wars universe and like what actor slash just fan doesn't want to see that happen um or it's more it's so cool. more divine than just a simple like artistic expression like i, right, I think this right. is cool it's more like i don't know 
the universe told me this is her, her necklace, you know. And I really hope Hasbro is making her action figure because I will definitely pick one up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John, did anything uh, stand out? 2025, I believe it's on schedule. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that one hurt. <laughs> Maybe a, uh, a a fan vote can can get it yeah. pushed ahead or something like that. Right. Um, I, I imagine there's tons of things, uh, but I want to bring John into the conversation. John, did anything particularly pop out to you? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes actors get their little talking points and things that they can bring up to um, get cred with fans, but she seemed to be speaking quite improvisationally and candidly in the, in these interviews in terms of like the type of wording she's using and stuff. And the fact mm-hmm. that she said she's not like any other Twi'lek we've seen, she's enormously wealthy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I had heard that she is a star Wars fan and she does like it, and she's a she's a bit knowledgeable of it. Um, maybe not as much as Rosario Dawson, but at the same time, she seems to be aware of it. And I mean, you know, people talk about here's another thing: people talk about like, oh, Paul Rudd is ageless. Like Jennifer Beals has always had this reputation of looking so much younger than she is. She's like almost sixty, and she, she looks, looks amazing, incredible. Her and Ming-Na Wen, too. She's like 58. So, I I mean, unbelievable, both of them. So credit to them on that. But um, I just like her energy and the fact that she seems to be well aware of Star Wars and, you know, seeing the the girl from Flashdance playing a steelworker 40 years ago uh, to now talking about talking with Dave Filoni about, and Robert Rodriguez about her character arc in Star Wars is just kind of a trip to me. And I know a lot of people probably of older generations would really get uh, entertained by the fact that they're seeing her in Star Wars now, especially if they like Star Wars and like stuff she did when she was younger. So it's a lot of full circle there, uh, but she seems to be really enjoying it. And I like this character. There's a lot of mystery to this character. And she seems to really be embracing that fact that, yeah, it's a, it's a known species in Star Wars and it's something they haven't been doing for a long time in live action. We were skeptical of how these things were going to look uh, beyond the cameos. Because all Twi'leks we've seen in Star Wars, the closest one that had a, the biggest role was uh, the dancer, Ula, uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. Which she didn't really say that much. Then you get cameos in, you know, Phantom Menace and stuff. But now they're really giving us fleshed out real characters with personalities, including... The uh, major domo, who I love as well, I thought he's like <laughs> super entertaining. But even in the Mandalorian, uh, in Chapter Six, you know, so we're getting a lot of this species more fleshed out and more personalities. And um, the makeup uh, looks uh, great, by the way. It, it it does, it does. I mean, you you can kind of be like, yeah, I can see that that's a thing on her head, and you know, whatever, that's fine. But it, it does look great. I think I love her energy. I'm curious to see what more she has involved in this story because I don't think you bring in somebody like her and she's just sort of this passerby uh, cameo per episode type person. There's more going on here, including that theory a lot of people have been popping around, which I think the first time we saw it was in our chat on the Mando Fan Show, was that did she sabotage Boba Fett and Fennec Shan by disabling their helmets, by making them carry them with credits in them? So... Mm-hmm. I'm just eager to see more of her and that's another like this character you know Fennec Shand a lot of the characters we're meeting more and more uh, in this show is why I, I am constantly my mind is pulling itself to back to the present time when we're in those flashbacks I want to get to know more of these characters and go forward and see how they're going to affect Boba Fett in his journey here 
Um, yeah, I, you know, it was kind of funny. I, I was thinking to myself that there's kind of this connection to a French accent when it comes to Twi'leks. I think because uh, a lot of the characters are sort of based on like uh, French Revolution and, and stuff like that. So Cham Samdula kind of has that strong accent. And then Hera was a character that she was trying so hard to break away from that culture that she hides her true accent. I mean, it's not like she's constantly faking it. But there's a very particular episode where she gets really upset about something emotionally and her like uh, she's like yelling at her dad and her French accent comes back into play because she like just snaps back to when she was a kid kind of thing. And it just in my head, because that's so ingrained kind of in their culture that um, when I hear Twi'lek speak, I always am thinking they're hiding their French accent. And it, I don't know what's going on. It's not French, obviously, but they're hiding their like cultural um, accent. I guess I don't know. It's the only thing. Their so, heritage, heritage. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of hard. You know what I mean? It's like if <clears throat> I, I just think we're not used to that or something like that. But if, but if we lived in the Star Wars world, this would be like somebody coming up and speaking very clear English and saying that they're French or they were born in French or I am a French person. And you're like, but you don't, <laughs> you don't talk like it. I don't know. But right, may, right. I, but then when she did this interview, she specifically said, this is not like any Twilight you've ever seen before. And I was like, well, I'm not sure if she's familiar with Cham and Hera and all that, but maybe that gives her the benefit of the doubt in this particular case that she like is also doing something to kind of break away from that. And she's kind of uh, bringing to herself all these different cultures because it's, I, I think like maybe like the English or that particular type of accent or something like that is more acceptable, um, well-rounded or something. I, I'm not really sure, but I, I know that I was thinking that. And before I went into this interview, and then after I read it, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe there is more to this character, too. It's not just a low-life bar owner who, you know, has people skills. But, like, she's act- she's thinking way bigger than that. You know what I mean? And she's, he's, right, she's right. using every one of her talents and abilities to uh, manipulate everybody. And part of that comes with... Um, breaking away from traditional things and moving into every culture kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I was really interested in the, the interview and I think it, it got me um, excited to see more of this character, especially since she alluded to, she's like, well, you know, I can't say much because my character is this and this and this. And she compares them to characters. You're like, well, the regular bar owner is not going to be <laughs> that character. So you're clearly leading us to think that she's going to be pretty heavily involved in multiple chapters of the book of Boba Fett. Do do you guys agree, Lacey? Yeah, I think yes. she's not going anywhere. She's going to be here for a while. Cool. Cool. Is there anything yeah. else you guys that stuck out in the the interview or should we move on? No, that's pretty I mean pretty much it. It's it's definitely cool like I said seeing the passion and it's different than well, maybe the big some thing, other actors. Did you mention John that she had said that her character was kind of like Rick from Casablanca? Um, 
No, I didn't touch on that. Um, that I thought that, you were going to. That's what I said at the beginning. I was just like, oh, yeah, John's going to touch on this because it's like. I, yeah, I, I forgot to actually. Oh, it's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, I saw Casablanca in college and, you know, Humphrey Bogart definitely has this sort of um, calm, sort of observant presence um, that, that kind of steals the attention of a room. Uh, but at the same time isn't overbearing and you know it's it's it definitely it's it i find it very interesting that if you had asked someone like well what what do you think inspired robert rodriguez and jennifer beals in a star wars show on disney plus you would never say casablanca so i actually am surprised that i'm not surprised that that's the movie that they're saying because it is like one of the top what 10 movies of all time so it's not that surprising but yeah i mean for kind of a guts a gunslinger western definitely because that's kind of like the sweeping dramatic romantic movies that everybody thinks of but the character itself once you get down to the nitty-gritty it is very similar like rick doesn't get involved with any of the drama or any of the trouble he doesn't want anything to do with it once you walk through his doors it's a neutral zone her canteen is called the sanctuary like it's kind of just like hey come in we take care of everybody no matter what side of the business you're on but it it makes you wonder because in casablanca happens too when is it going to cross that line when is she going to cross the line of i need to pick a side and the question is whose side is she going to pick so yeah you never yeah so i mean that's where the ties definitely are where you never see their they they don't wear things outwardly in terms of their right. uh, motives, emotions, allegiances. Um, it's that quiet, calm presence. The only difference being um, Jennifer Beals is tall enough where she doesn't need to wear lifts in her shoes like Humphrey <laughs> Bogart did. Right. And she's not uh, um, romantically caressing a billowing cigarette from her fingers. She is flirty, but, though. She's definitely she flirty with Boba Fett, but I feel like that's just her personality to kind of use her. Boba, and to be fair, Boba Fett showing himself a little little personality, too. He, he you know? is. He definitely is. So, but yeah, no, like the way she rubbed his arm in the first chapter, you know, where she's like, oh, I can take care of you. Or, Do you want any special services or whatever? And he's like, nah, we're here for business. And then yeah. the second ep- chapter where he's more like, I can notice there's something wrong with you. So the fact that what you're saying, John, which I think is completely true, she's kind of like cool, calm, collected. The fact that he can notice that she isn't and that she's sweating. What did he say? Like a something on Mustafar? Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, I forgot what, what it was. The fact that he yeah. notices that means how bad it the thing that's about to happen is, which is obviously the huts show up. But yeah, no, it's very interesting to see where her character goes in this season. If her her character goes out of this and goes into the Mandalorian or another show would be also interesting. Um, but when the time well, when push to, comes to shove, what side is she going to choose? And yeah, it's going to be whatever side is best for her. It, it seems like a chess match for sure, because right. he's sort of acting with his guard down oh yeah take my helmet yeah don't worry about it take my helmet Fennec is like uh no but at the same time you know Fennec's like i'm gonna tell you how i really feel about this but i feel like he's like testing these people Mm -hmm. and he's like Mm -hmm. he probably knew like there's something wrong here and like you said then he finally definitely realizes it in chapter two and she's also doing the same thing like we said she's she's not she's not outwardly putting on how she feels 
she's testing mm-hmm. him out so it's like it is sort of this there is tension there i'm not saying it's a sexual tension but there oh, is this yeah. tension there between them and they're seeing which one's going to snap first sort of thing and I she's think also that's... always whispering she's always whispering with her people before he shows up yes that and and i think that's also a big reason why he's always helmetless when he's having interactions with her so that we can see you know what his face looks like as he's trying to hold stand guard as she's putting right. up her sort of walls too so and they and they talk close they're very they're very close very uh in single shots together it's it's very they they certainly build the tension between them so it is going to be interesting how this plays out there's no question she's going to have a bigger part in this and i think they want us to know that i don't think they're playing coy with us here this is going to be some sort of big twist where it's like oh she is involved she it's was just, behind we're to find it the whole how. time or something yeah yeah. And I think it's she's another example of Favreau picking people that he likes for roles and then also yeah. kind of pulling these people from 80s movies and stuff. Like we saw Michael Bean from The Mandalorian in season two. Yeah. Uh, Carl Weathers. It's interesting that he is picking these people from the era that he grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My, uh, you guys opened up a lot of... of possibilities and discussion that you know i'm sitting there going i've never seen casablanca so i have no clue what's going on you should watch it <laughs> you know. it's good and undoubt it um i mean ryan johnson's inspired by casablanca for a lot of his stuff especially mm-hmm. for the last jedi he said gotcha um but yeah well let's mo- move on to this next story here um because uh there's a lot to cover this week um the <laughs> uh star wars youtube channel uh did a High Republic special on their High Republic show. And it was the anniversary, you know, of it's been a year. We've we've done all this, tons of stuff. And we were way wrong last week. We're like, are we in phase three? I'm pretty sure we're in phase, we might be yeah. in phase yeah, two. What phase is it's it? Like, yeah. yeah, literally we were so confused. And I'm even like paying attention to it. And I'm like, we're in phase one? Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I was like, this oh, thing's going to go on for like three or four mm. years. Like, it's not like I want it to die, but it feels like there's already been so much content that even me, I'm, I'm like, I, I've, I'm having a hard time trying to keep up with all the High Republic stuff that's going on. I can't imagine how the average fan feels. Um, and they're like, that was the great first part, you know, Dude. and we've already planned two and three. And then who knows after that, you know, and it's like, this is crazy, man. <laughs> so I don't know, buckle up. But yeah, they announced a bunch of stuff too. Uh, that is, you know, they announced some new books and they announced, uh, they talked more about the books that are already announced. But I think the, the headline that we went with on the site is that phase two will be set 150 years in the past, which I think is probably the biggest surprise we got out of that whole thing. Cause everybody's like, wait, what? Like, what's going on now? Because it almost kind of doesn't make sense. That wasn't the point of the High Republic. Like, hey, it was great. Uh, and this, it's been peace for this, this amount of time or whatever. And then now we're, and all of a sudden everything's being thrown. So to go back 150 years, we're like, oh, well then, I mean, this is a hundred, where we're at now is like 150 years before the Phantom Menace. So it's like none of the characters are going to be around anymore and stuff. Like I see a lot of people comparing it to George Lucas being like, well, George Lucas did that. I was like, he did that like 
by 15 years. Not 150 where it's a completely different time frame. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it was still connected to the characters of the main story of the prequels. Like, well, the, you're have... still talking the main storyline. The title for the first book, I actually have it here. It is mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything is Awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. I love how James already knew. I thought he was being genuine. James knew. Yeah, because hmm. as soon as he goes, I I've got it right here. I was like, he didn't, he didn't go find the title of the, the first, first book of phase the first two to chapter point out all the jedi meet up at a bennigan's and they all have appetizers <laughs> and have a good time and then the, they go for ice cream the i don't i yeah i don't well the high republic know. said it was at the high republic was advertised here i go as <laughs> a time of peace the jedi at their height and everything's great and like you said james then we're going back so were things crappy and then they got better for the High Republic, but we're still in the High Republic? It's just, I don't know, man. It's, this is very, it's very, for, for, so listen, I always say this. I have, a, I have a hard time reading my Star Wars. It's just, Star Wars is always a visual action in your face type of storytelling, a, a visual medium, TV serials. Uh, that's sort of like George Lucas's thing. Uh, it, I have, I know a lot of people like reading Star Wars. I have a difficult time with it. So, and and I'm trying to keep up just with the canon aspect of it, for, you know, for the podcast and the website and stuff like that. And it's just very overwhelming the amount of books that they've already done. Like you said, James, and that's just Phase One. And now they're going back. I have a hard time believing that was the plan. So I feel like this is sort of a we've done so much, our timeline is getting crunched, and they're having brunch. In New York City, Michael Siglain, and he's like, I have an idea. Let's go back 150 years. And it's still the High Republic because nothing's canon back there, and we're just going to do it. And everyone's like, all right, let's do that. I wonder and if it's because the Acolyte butts up to, against this, doesn't it? Yes, 100%. I, I, yeah. I don't know, guys, because I feel like like when, they had, when they, they've advertised multiple times, we went and we had the big group thing you know, at uh, Skywalker Ranch and all this stuff. I think all this stuff is planned out and they knew what they were doing. The, the only thing that kind of throws me for a loop is um, if you, you've been building up all of our interest in these characters, why are we taking a year off from it? And the only thing I can think is like they, they want to go back and they want to reintroduce the, they want to tell something over here that's going to lead into our story at, th at, at three. But I'm like, that seems strange to me that they would do one and then totally abandon the story and then jump back ahead 150 years to finish the first part of the thing when they, clearly none of the characters from phase two are going to be around either. Right. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, get what's going the on with that. Balabas, whatever his name is, Baraga. Oh, Bar yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Yoda. Yoda. Yoda will be like 500. I mean, there, yeah, there's there's quite a few. There's Opar Rancis. There's Yaddle. You know what I mean? There, there's quite a few Jedi that Yaddle. have these long lives. And I even think they mentioned um, Porter Angle. I'm not sure what how his species is, but I think they specifically mentioned that he was going to have stuff. And I don't know if that's for like this era of how old will the Rock be? <laughs> Geode. I think Geode <laughs> is like one of those characters that passes like forever. But... Is he a pebble in the Phase Two? <laughs> <laughs> they get they they gradually get more rocky. He just gets more rocky. I don't um know. so it, it's just 
and and I'm being devil's advocate. And I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of like the casual fan, which I always like go to my brother because he loves Star Wars. He watches all the movies, watches all the shows, um, understands the animated, knows Ezra, stuff like that. That's his limit. Has zero idea about the High Republic. Nothing. No idea about it whatsoever. So it's a it's a very... And like, that's fine. When you're on social media and you hear about the High Republic and people are like, let's get it trending and it doesn't really trend. or it, And you think it's a big, big, huge, monstrous thing when you're on like Twitter and stuff because you probably follow mostly Star Wars people and you're like, oh my God, this is massive. But in the grand scheme of like Star Wars, it's not. And that's just the facts. So the question is, how integral are these stories for the overarching story of Star Wars if they aren't able to reach the general audience who are the ones who, you know, pay for the Disney Plus and put the money in the pockets and buy the action figures and go see the movies and go to the theme parks and stuff like that. They have to be, there has to be an animated series coming or something, even though they said there wasn't. There has Mm -hmm. to be something coming to supplement this to reach the bigger audience. Because I'm sitting here seeing like the new authors like George Mann and he's on Twitter there saying like, this is the golden age in Star Wars storytelling. I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, don't start saying that kind of stuff because it comes off as a little pretentious and it's like, you're saying this is then better than what George Lucas did and he'll probably say, oh, that's not what I meant. But it's just like, don't say that kind of stuff when you're trying to draw people in. And I, you know, the video they put out, the big, huge video they put out the other day where they're announcing the anniversary special for it only has 19,000 views. And it's from the official star Wars YouTube channel. You know, it's just like, I got it. They got to give us more and they got, they got to widen the net a bit and give us something more tangible outside of the books. And that's not a discredit at all to the books themselves. I've heard that they're amazing. I've heard that they're great. Uh, everyone seems who's who loves Star Wars books seems to really love them, and they're very excited about Claudia Gray's book. So I'm not saying this to disparage it or knock its quality or anything like that. I'm just saying from a realistic standpoint of the wide net of Star Wars fans, it's clearly not reaching everyone. They need to do more to get people to understand what this is, to add credence and value to those stories so we know that they are going to mean something because unless you're reaching everyone these stories are going to kind of be like those in between comic books where it's like yeah this happened but if you missed it that's okay you're not going to lose a connection you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my yeah i i was hoping that um the acolyte would solve this problem because what they were doing was they were building up a collection of comics and stories and then when the Acolyte came out and everybody was like, well, this is amazing. Where do I get more of this? They're like, oh, you need to be paying attention to the comics and stuff. But this thing threw me for a loop going 150 years in the past. I'm like, man, then I, I, don't, I don't know how to. That's what I'm confused about because I thought the Acolyte was the end of the High Republic. It's supposed to be. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, this makes sense. All this is leading up to the Acolyte. And whatever happens to the Acolyte, you can like that on its own. Or if you want more, like you said, James, you can go back and read all these books well, and get some background information. You know what it could be, too, is I don't know how far there's rumors that Acolyte's starting uh, filming in like May or something Well, that's like what that. I was saying before is like maybe it's because that story isn't fleshed out and they don't want to share those details. Or, or you don't want to pigeonhole 
Leslie Headland and be like, this High Republic book is going right up yeah, to the start of your show it, yeah. so that you're beholden to that. You can't do a flashback. You can't do anything. Whatever happens in this book yeah. that, you know, I, I mean. Because you have to think that this was originally going to be announced at New York Comic Con in 2019. They then pushed it to 2020. When did they announce the Headland series? In 2020. So yeah, we yeah. if there's anything we've learned as being kind of ingrained in the Star Wars news cycle is that even if this stuff was planned and James, I totally agree with you from the Skywalker Ranch stuff. Like, I think there was a fleshed out timeline with characters mm-hmm. and where it's going and, and where the future holds for the series. I think that they've done that planning up to a certain point and then they've hit this spot where uh, they're like I do too. we can't go any further because of this other content which wasn't originally planned for is now happening so like we have to go around that and the only way you can go around it until the show happens is and to go backwards the books probably sold well enough where they're like it's just like yeah. with the show we're going to order another series and we're going to bring in new but they can't because... go forward because they don't want to like you right. said pigeonhole her but i think also I don't think they're willing to share that information anyway. I don't think this TV show is going to be like, yeah, let's give 20 authors information on the series. If her series is about Sith and artifacts and, and influenced by um, like world, like globe traveling and, and and finding artifacts and stuff. That sounds like there's a lot of history and stuff Mm -hmm. in this show where maybe there are flashbacks or something where she needs to rely on an open canvas that's a little predating her show. Um, so I think, yeah, I think a lot of that plays into this whole thing. I'm just curious. We'll never know. Like, if, oh, we always intended to do this and then go back. It's a hard pill for me to swallow. I'm fine with it. It's not a big deal. I'm not like, oh, we we're, we're, got you. We got you. But um, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. And I'm the authors I, are all I, people that have done short stories, right? There's nobody that they've chosen as a new author that, that's like, right? I'm not. I'm not entirely familiar with the new. That's set the of thing is, authors. I feel like they could they could make an announcement that's like this is this is a new author that we're bringing in, and I'm like, it, it, I don't know, is that like a ten times New York Times bestseller bestselling author? Well, I know, you know, like Zoraida know, Cordova is that person was famous for for writing right. a book. I don't know. Right. I know, you Z- know, Zoraida Cordova was in. She she wrote one of the, like the certain she point did of view stories. Black Spire too. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying like it, what what is their history with Star Wars stories. I'm no, saying I... like like name name famous celebrity authors, and it's like well, there's not you know James Patterson. <laughs> most people, yeah, I know, are going to be able to name like a couple Stephen King or something, you know, John Grisham or something like that. There's going to be a couple, but like like most people when it comes to like uh, a movie like in the movie world they have like certain they're aware of like some younger actors who are doing tv shows or something or bands for instance like yeah sure. everybody knows like lincoln park or, or and that's a bad example like uh u2 or something the beatles and stuff that people know these big bands but everybody also has like they're aware of like new or underground Lumineers or upcoming when they bands were coming and up stuff yeah and I don't I don't think most people have that connection with the with authors like true only people who are like involved in that stuff follow authors and like oh man I can't wait for that next book that this person's releasing yeah. but like we do that well, with Claudia directors. Gray we seems don't to be that for, with... for Star Wars fans what but 
Like Claudia Gray for Star Wars fans seems to be that. She but seems only to be like one because where people are like, I can't miss she was her doing books. good Star Wars books. No, I know. Yeah. When right. she was announced no, right. to do Lost right. Stars, people weren't like, yeah. oh man. No, I, like, I know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I get you. Yeah. And, and now it feels a little weird. Like, and I, I don't know how to fix this, but I do feel a little tired of seeing those like five or six authors. You know, every time they're like, hey, we're doing a big High Republic special. You know who's on it. It's going to be these five people, and they're going to lay down like the six books that they're all working on. Like, oh, I'm doing yeah. uh, a junior reader. I'm doing. A, is there anybody a novel. else they could I'm bring in? I guess my line. question is can't they well, bring in newer they people? They did bring in new people. That was part of this. Well, that's announcement. what's happening here. Yeah. But, and, right. And some of those people, I'm like, I mean, obviously none of them. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Um, and I'm not excited about any of them. So, I mean, that's good. It's fresh names and stuff. But also, I think there's some... there. I think these people are just too normal of people. You know what I mean? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that. Like, that doesn't they don't, necessarily they matter They don't seem to me like, because... like Henry Cavill doing an interview. They seem like Justina Ireland doing an interview. It's just a person. They don't feel... They're authors or something. They're well, not. I need celebrities to be authors. You but know I, I think mean? that's what makes them not that interesting when I'm watching the videos. I'm like, I'm not. And st- I would be stoked if Daisy Ridley was doing a special for a Star Wars, doc, you know, their YouTube channel. And they were doing an exclusive interview or something. I think they're trying really hard to, to give this weight and let it make it swing and stuff. And mm-hmm. they're like, here's the, like, they did the. The big announcement thing from the Disney lot with Kathleen Kennedy for these books. Like, it, it was crazy. With the Doug Chang, like, concept art. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it, like, it made people, like, forget that, oh, yeah, these are just books. I, you know, this isn't a show. And, you know, we're going to get comments about what these new authors have done. So just to clarify, uh, Zareda Cordova did A Crash of Fate, like you said, the Black Spire thing, Lacey. Uh, man wrote the canon adjacent the dragon novels, thing myth the dragon, and legends right? and life day treasury and um the high republic story showdown at the fair and tessa gratton hasn't done star wars yet but is doing an anthology in the stories of jedi and sith book and lydia kang did one of the certain point of view empire strikes back stories about the medical droid um so i think it's one of those things where once you get in you're you're in and uh, you'll, you'll continue to work in Star Wars publishing. It's, yeah. You develop, you develop relationships with those sorts of things. So, yeah. Mm. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes. And overall, every time they make these announcements and I see the people that, you know, we're friends with and, and we're a part of this community with and how hyped they are, I get excited for them. And I, and I really hope everyone enjoys this new, uh, you know, phase two. I'm glad Absolutely. we're in yeah. phase two now. We know what phase it is. We were a little confused last time. But, yeah. um, Five years I from mean, now, we'll be entering phase three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel bad James has to like keep track of all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm super happy for people that they're getting more High Republic. And, and people have been, like John, John said, the people have been loving these books. It's just a little confusing. And, and like John said, my own sister is a huge Star Wars fan like me. Um and she's hyped on Book of Boba Fett, but I have never heard her say one thing to me about the High Republic. Not I don't one. think people know about it. Yeah, I just yeah, don't. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect. So I hope that the acolyte will change that. And I think that's was 
the plan, I hope. Because I know those, from the moment... like, black chrysanthemum moments, you know, where people go, right, right. that's what cool, is that? what is that? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. you got to be keeping up with the comics and stuff, man, you know? And, like, having and those why... people be more nerdy than a person who thinks they're pretty nerdy, you know what I mean? And they're yeah. like, oh, man. So they got to nerdy's cool. Show or something <laughs> you know? to, and to be fair, you know... Right now, from 2020 to now, going into 2022, it's been a rough two years for a lot of people, me included, you guys included. It's hard to keep up with all this stuff. Keeping up with books and comics is expensive. Having streaming services is expensive. Going to movies are expensive. You have to pick and choose what media you're taking in. And I think a yeah. lot of people are passing on these books just because they can't afford to do it. And also, don't forget another thing. Like, I know, James, you're a big audiobook guy. Like, a lot of people don't read the books. They listen to them. Right. And people aren't commuting to work anymore. A lot of people aren't oh, driving yeah. their cars. Yeah, that's a and big so, thing. Yeah, yeah, So, I like, I'm not... Like, someone said to me, and they do this all the time whenever I say I don't... I, I have a hard time reading my Star Wars. They're like, check out the audiobooks. I'm like, I have. You know, I did the last shot one. But I'm not going to be sitting in my house like the worst like, with my one. kids upstairs being like, Honestly, hang on, that's like the worst daddy's going downstairs to listen to some Star Wars. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. Sorry. You don't. Yeah, but that's the thing about the, the, the audiobooks is you're not supposed to listen to them. Like, you're not supposed. That's why I like the audiobooks versus a normal book. A normal book, you have to say, hey, family. I know we're, we could be doing things together. Why are you both I, talking like that? Hey, family. I'm going. Hey, family, come downstairs. I'm Well, you got to isolate yourself to do this activity. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying about the, the yeah. audiobooks is you don't. You, you find a, an activity oh. where you already are isolated, like you're, work, you're mowing the lawn. Can't do it. No. You, what, do you, what do you do when you're mowing the lawn? I listen to music. So listen podcast. to this show. Yeah, but with a book, you have to be like dialed in. You have to listen to every word and know what's going on. I no, can't be don't. skimming. No, oh. you don't. Okay. Well, I do. How about that? What That's about part that? of the... I mean, when you listen to a podcast, just in general, do you have to di dial in and totally understand no, everything? No, because that's a podcast, not a book. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's just a story. It's just somebody telling you a story. And you're no. like, okay, I'm just listening to the story. Like... If you're taking notes and you're going to be quizzed on it, yeah, like I have to kind of pay a little bit more attention, I think, because I have to like remember it and write down the, the story. The only way I'd be able to going. do it, and it changes for every person, it's just based on everyone's experience, is I'd be, if I was driving to work or something and I'm by myself in my car, no distractions, I can take in that story. Maybe. But that's a good but. example. That's, that's what I'm trying to say is you can do that. You can't read a book driving on your commute. No. You have to like separate yourself and only do the book. But with audiobook, there's tons of other things you can be doing while listening to the story. And, um, and anyway, uh, Mark Ellis had this funny bit on his stand up and he's like, audiobooks is not reading. I don't care what anyone says. It's someone reading a story to you. Someone's reading <laughs> you a bedtime story. <laughs> and I agree completely. But anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, man, I did not expect the first two stories to be so long-winded. We had a lot to say about both of them. Um, we're going to run down a few other things that happened in Star Wars this week uh, to conclude the Resistance Report. Um, some quick hits, if you will. Um, hey, if you are a fan of the Phasma books, um, then uh, there was a tweet recently uh, by the author 
um, Delilah S. Dawson, and she was saying, uh, you know, I've pitched the idea of uh, the story behind Phasma surviving her fall in The Last Jedi. Uh, we know, I know, people who follow Phasma know the character inherently says that fall doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, kill her. Um, I think it's, how it's supposed to be how it's displayed on screen, but, you know, she's got armor, she's a strong fighter, and I understand her sentiment. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this one way or another. If they want to give her another book, they, they're going to do it, but there's nothing confirmed. She says she's pitched the idea, she has the story, and she's just waiting to hear back. Um, but who knows if they'll do anything on that. Like, um, can, can they marginalize John Boyega's character more in these stories? And be like, yeah, you didn't kill her. Just kidding. Yeah. Like, well, they marginalized so, Obi Wan so by bringing him She's back so dead, though. Like, she fell. She fell not only to a collapsed spaceship, but like she was surrounded by fire. There was nothing below. Like, I'm sorry, she dead, dead. And I'm pretty sure Ryan Johnson even was like, "Yeah, it sucks. She's dead." And the ship exploded <laughs> in like half. I get the point. Like you want to see the character move on, and and we like, get <laughs> like it, it's getting like it's getting like Kenny from South Park with this stuff. And and then anytime you say anything about it, someone sends the oh, no one's ever really gone gif, and it's like I get that. But like, can we let some Star Wars characters die though, please? Because there's the other puzzle. things tied to her dying. That's that's the thing. Yeah, like Finn had this big moment. He like yeah. beat her. Sorry, go ahead, James. I went on a little Sorry. bit of a rant there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's as crazy as you guys are saying i mean she also survived the destruction of star killer base and she was dead dead at the end of that movie too because she got they locked didn't in the show throat. her going into a fiery pit though but they, they showed her going into a trash compactor and She's then the Kenny planet blew up <laughs> like i i don't know i mean it's the same I know kind what of you're thing saying. i'm this saying feels you physically she's even see more her. loose she could have fallen through the fire onto the second floor and been like i'm just Man, saying if three-story drop was pretty crazy i'm just saying it for finn like i feel like he got a little he got a little marginalized in that movie, and if you take that away from him, he does nothing in that movie. He seriously doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he still defeated her. He still, like, beat her in battle. He doesn't have to kill her. He's like, Did rebel he scum. Hits Ray her, she beat. falls. She's like, ow! You know. You rebel scum? <laughs> or I should say Kylo Ren beat Ray, like, in said battle or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like, eh, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, so we got some rumors about Knights of the Old Republic, uh, remake, uh, nothing crazy here, nothing like wild, um, probably things that you would mildly expect. They are trying to keep the game as intact as they, they could, but there's been some kind of kicking around that there might be extra, uh, missions. There might be new types of characters, new things that are inherently going to change the way that the game is. So don't just expect a graphics boost or something. They are looking to maybe expand on some things. I think some games were even kind of uh, toyed around kind of that whole um, like Final Fantasy VII remake where it was like, well, it was this kind of a game and now we've right. kind of toyed the idea and kind of twisted the idea. It's still an RPG, but it's kind of maybe has more action elements to it. Um, so, you know, it might not be as easy of a straight remake as we're imagining. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something that's going to match in this gaming's era. You can probably imagine, but every, all this new information that we have is just rumors and, um, still not going to sell a <laughs> lot of copies. Yeah, I bet it will. Yeah. Um, the very last thing that we wanted to mention is that Jedi, uh, fallen order. If you have not played it now is the time to play it because it is free right now on Prime Gaming. So 
If there has been any bit of you that's been like, I want to buy it, but I just can't, I just can't make the call to spend like 50 or $60 on this game. Even when it's on sale, 30 bucks is 30 bucks. And I don't even know if I'm going to have the time. Grab it now or play it now. Now's your opportunity. It's completely free. If you have any free time, go check out the game and enjoy it because that is a, um, a well-reviewed game among uh, gaming fans, like regular gamers, Star Wars fans, like it's a good story. Uh, we're interested in where the characters are going to go. There's a lot of lore and stuff involved as well. So if you're that kind of person, so go check out Jedi Fallen Order. If you haven't yet, it's free. So that's it for Resistance Report this week. Uh, Lacey, we got a pod race to talk about. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video on YouTube, comment, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications. You can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast or on any audio platform, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. It helps us. Thank you so much. Um, but if you want more, including exclusive mini episodes, live streams like we just did our monthly Q&A with you guys in the Patreon community, uh, last week, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at $2 a month. That's it. $2. You can be a part of the community, comment with other people, watch our weekly videos. Um, and then as you go up in the tiers, you get more stuff. So mailings, discord access to an exclusive server with all these other Star Wars fans. It is an awesome place that is hopping 24 seven, literally. Yeah. Um, different type of merch and cool commentary stuff like that so definitely check that out um this is the part of the show that we let those people at the higher tiers be a part of the show including our generals and spice runners so before we get into the pod race this week i want to say thank you to our generals so thank you to Carmelo, andrew staley jeremy myers john reese jetta rosewater paul olson oliver lewis uh, Frank Grande, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, uh, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Nathan Shank, Danny, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much, and Thank welcome you. Danny as a new general, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Spice Runners, we have David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank you guys so much for supporting us Thank over you. on Patreon. Um, this week, we have a Spice Runner, Ryan Wara. What up, Ryan? Hey. Um, and we asked him a question, and he gave us his answer. So first of all, his question is, if Star Wars developed a new film trilogy would you prefer it to take place after episode nine or before episode one and what would interest you the most and why so ryan take it away thanks guys i'm a big fan of the original trilogy and i would really like to see them fill in that gap between return of the jedi and the force awakens but since that's not the question this week i would definitely have to pick a new set of movies taking place after episode nine episode 10 11 and 12 just to see what happens next Presumably, there's a huge power vacuum, right? First Order's gone. The Sith fleet is gone. Probably. I don't know. Uh, the Emperor, probably gone again, let's hope. Um, so what happens next, right? The Republic is gone as well. Is it just a big free-for-all? Is there just crime everywhere? What's going on? Also, uh, what happens with Rey? Presumably, she's going to continue and rebuild the Jedi Order. 
Maybe she won't. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't have to include all those original characters that we saw in the sequel trilogy either. I would really like to see new characters, new adventures, new planets, um, just all kinds of new stuff. Let's see where it goes. Anyway, keep up the great work. Can't wait to see it celebration. Take care. Nicely done, Ryan. Great job. So legit. Your setup is so legit. Uh, so, John, what did you think? I, I thought his answer, which wasn't one of the choices, was interesting. He thinks that they could fit a trilogy in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. But, I mean, it looks like the TV stuff is conquering that territory right now. Um, but I like that. But I do like that he said after. Um, I You know, that whole blank canvas is a very appealing in what they can do and i like how he kind of said you know bring ray back and continue that story but you don't necessarily have to bring everyone back let's meet new people go new places and and see what they have to tell us with that story so and then him introducing that sort of element of chaos where it's like well the sith fleet's gone first order's gone the republic's kind of gone too so what does that look like uh that's also provocative to me as well so i thought you did a great job ryan uh great answers well thought out and you made me think about, you know, they could technically sandwich something in there as well um, in between six and nine, uh, seven. So um, very cool answer. And uh, yeah, I do really look forward to seeing you in celebration. Hopefully it all stays on and stays forward and we're out there in May and I uh, look forward to hanging out with you, man. So uh, thank you. Awesome. James? Yeah, not a bad answer at all, especially like that stuff between, um, I think, John, you said it, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, but it looks like TV's kind of handling it. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that. I'm interested in what they do after nine. I think if I had to give an answer, I would say before, but somehow that just feels like it ties into like, I just want to see old Republic or I just want to see high Republic or something. I kind of like that, that world. And I feel like in some ways you can make that just as free and open and blank canvas as something that comes after nine. But if you get too close to nine, I feel like it's not blank canvas anymore because you have to explain what's going on with the new Republic. And you have to explain who's trying to take over the galaxy again, like 10 years after the last time somebody took over the galaxy. <laughs> and it's like, that stuff feels weird to me. You want to tell me it's like a thousand years before? Sure. Whatever. Get, you know, I'm fine. Somebody tries to take over the galaxy, but you tell me it's 10 years after the last like huge insurrection. Like, I don't know. It's just kind right. of not believable or it makes me care less. Um, so if they want to show up a thousand years in the future, that'd be better. Something like that. Right. Something crazy. But I just feel like some, some big jump either way is fine. But I, I, like I said, I like your answer and I think that they I'm almost thinking they might go that direction of like, give Ray her movie, give Finn his movie, you know, kind of thing. And like kind of split that stuff up. It's good to have them together, but you know, maybe the Marvel uh, way is kind of a way to do it. Like we can have Captain America over here. We can have Iron Man over there. And then every once in a while we can bring them together and it really gets exciting. And everybody's excited for that to see like the three back together or something, but they can live on their own adventures and do their own things. And maybe doesn't, everything doesn't have to be so high stakes. We can get into character development. Let, let Ray deal with this villain in Ray's world and then when they all three come together, it's a little more global. It affects all their worlds and the and the worlds of the people they care about. Thing, something right. like that. So I don't know that long answer to a, a spice runner question, but hey, or, uh, a pod race question, I should say. But um, thank you for doing that. Yeah. 
Ryan, I think you gave a great answer. I'm definitely in the boat of wanting to see more from Ray. I think we only got the beginning of her story and there's so much more to come. So thank you for that. And we can't wait to see you at Celebration. We hope to see you yes. this year. Uh, not that we're not going to see you. We're just, we're just hoping that it's going to happen. Fingers yeah. crossed right now because we've <laughs> got plans. We're already starting now. So uh, we hope to see you there. And now we're going to head to John to do Will of the Force. So we're mixing things up a little bit because of the live shows every week. So instead I'm, of what we normally do. I've never hosted Will of the Force. This is well, now is yeah. a new like, day. Okay, new it. year, new you. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, John. I didn't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I figured because um, James did a lot of the new stuff. So I'd give him I a break. Was, <laughs> I was going to offer to either one of you if you wanted to take it. <laughs> but yeah. It's it all John. John. Go ahead, John. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. All right. It is Will of the Force. Uh, we... You know the deal, but if you're new to us, basically we um, get a question that is in the form of, will this happen? Won't it happen? And you have to sort of give an answer whether it will or will not. Um, we also, another Patreon benefit, you get to submit topics to the show and this being uh, one of those segments here. So we dedicated this whole segment since we haven't done Will in the Force in a while to all patron submissions. And we have three we're going to go through here. So a bit of a... Uh, Extra content, TRB episode, as we said before, so if you stuck <laughs> around, good for you. Uh, this first one here is from Commander Stephen Bowman. What's up, Stephen? How you doing, buddy? He asked, will the Book of Boba Fett have a post-credits stinger that leads into another series? If so, which one do you think it would be? So are we getting a similar treatment that The Mandalorian Season 2 had at the end of The Book of Boba Fett? Uh, James, what do you think? I'm going to say no. Um, the reason okay. is, is because I think, I think the, they did the stinger for book of Boba Fett very specifically. Um, because it didn't tie in with their announcements on investors day and stuff. I think they just wanted to do that and hold that surprise and make that a special thing. And I don't think it's the new precedent because if they wanted to, lead into the next series and do things like that they probably would have done it with mandalorian season one but i think it was a special thing that they did for mandalorian season two and now we're thinking it's going to happen every time and i'm like i don't think that's the the thing they're going for however if they did do it and i'm probably stealing your answers it's going to be mandalorian season three but hmm. all right Lacey, what do you think they're going to do this thing and if so what for I think they will. I think they saw a lot of success from it. I think they had a lot of, you know, media hits, engagement on social about the end scene. I think Marvel's had extreme success with this. They invented the whole concept kind of of doing these end scenes, especially on their TV shows. So I'm going to say yes, they will. And the next one's going to be Mandalorian season three. If not that, then it's going to be Ahsoka or whatever the next one after that is. I could see them teasing the next thing. I'm having a hard time with this, but I'm leaning towards yes also, just because of how ingrained the Book of Boba Fett is in terms of how it's sandwiched in between the seasons of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Um, I I still think there's a chance The Mandalorian and Grogu shows up in The Book of Boba Fett. And if they do, I think the post-credits scene will be on the bad guy side. We may see Moff Gideon or something or someone else, uh, or maybe even um, a little 
sort of twisted up um, uh, Bo-Katan or something like that. But I think it's going to be something to to appetize people for the return of Mandalorian season three, and they'll give the release date, mm. um, sort of thing. So I, I'm I'm going yes on that as well. One other quick thing too, though, yeah. is that the the book of Boba Fett teaser. Yeah, they had to play a couple extra characters or whatever, but it was they already had your main character ready to go because they he was in season two. They already had Ming Na Wen, a main character, ready to go because yeah. she was in season two. But like, if you're looking at the book of Boba Fett and you're thinking the teasers for Mandalorian, they would have to pull in all those actors just to shoot the specific scene when they haven't yet shot Mandalorian season three. Aren't they filming it now, though? They're filming it right now. I mean, they might be filming it now, but then they'd have to edit that at the end of the final episode. I mean, it's possible, I guess. I think they could have shot that to begin with. It could be something as simple as, well, you have to think John Favreau plans these things out years in advance. Like he's already written into what, season four or season five of The Mandalorian? I mean, I get that. Hmm. But I'm just so thinking it, it would be, be a little as... last minute editing. Like they would have to film it like now that. and then tag it on to the end of an upcoming episode. We'll know in we will know. five weeks. Yeah. Four weeks. Um, we'll see who is right. <laughs> um and James has been the one that's been the, right the most so. Yeah. <laughs> um but he did say if they do it it'll be Mando. So we'll see. Yeah. Mm. Um all right, next one is from General Mike Waldron. You may know him as Darth Hurricane. We do. Uh and he asked, "Will we ever reach the day where Star Wars will move out of the Skywalker saga timeline permanently?" Goodbye. I'm going to say no. I think it's there's a lot of gaps you can fill in. They know how important the um, original stuff is. It's like seeing the Rolling Stones and they're not going to play Satisfaction and on their encore. It's just one of those things that's always going to be there. So I'm going to say no. How about you, Lacey? I'm also going to say no. I think this is a great question, Mike, by the way. But I, I'm going to say no because i think it would make people too upset to completely separate it from the skywalker saga in the sense of their the things that we get the most excited for the things that are tied to it i mean look at the book of boba fett we got excited for the huts to show up and the hut you know job of the hut was in what a couple of movies for a couple minutes nothing crazy yeah but just the idea that it was tied to something like oh my gosh return of the jedi with luke skywalker oh my gosh this moment in the phantom menace I don't think they want to remove those kind of nostalgic moments from Star Wars because that's what we get so excited for. And it, and it also it feels like kind of welcoming, comforting to see those connections. Nice. Mm. Um, yep. James, the 60 or so year stretch of the Skywalker saga, are we going to leave that forever at some point? You know... I lose sleep over thinking about how many stories can you really tell? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I sometimes I think about the stuff that they're doing, like, oh, they're doing another book, which showcases what Luke was doing between four and five, you know, and then there's these comics, and then there's the, those things, and then they do this video game, and, you know, like, I'm like, at what point <laughs> did you tell 365 stories about a year's time, you know? And it's right. like every single story was like one day of this person's life. You know, it's like, 
you're starting to get crazy and then you're out because you can't ever tell another story. It doesn't match up. He, he, he was already here or she was already involved in this thing. You know, like it, uh, you've mm -hmm. told too many stories that it can't, it can't possibly line up and they just have to be like ambiguous and just say, yeah, it was just another day that this happened. And I've said that works <laughs> for like Han Solo over the course of like seven years, you can continue to tell different stories and stuff because he swindled so many people. But it does drive me kind of nuts that I think like every time there's a new story, I go, there's another one, there's another one and years down the line. But that all being said, they're never going to abandon the original trilogy because no matter how big another Star Wars property gets, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's huge and it's the biggest box office movie of all time. And it takes place a thousand years after the Skywalker saga. They're still going to be putting out comics. They're still going to be putting out books that tell stories of Luke Skywalker because they're also just going to be making the money over there, too. Now they have two right. things that are making a ton of money. Yeah. They're never going to abandon it. All right. So three no's there. Great question. I agree. Um, all good questions so far. So let's do one more. Uh, Commander Kyle Baker. Kale. Kyle asked, will Tales of the Jedi be the unannounced project Matt Lancer said he was recording voice work for last year? Oh. For, con for context, oh, in April yeah. 2021, way back when, Lancer said, there's some new Lucasfilm animation going on. I've been a part of some things I can't talk about yet. You'll see Anakin again. Interesting. I'm going to say, well, no, at least you go first. I think yes. I think this is a great observation, Kyle. Um, I think the Tales of the Jedi could be these like one-off episodes about specific Jedi. And then you're getting these moments that everyone enjoys. I don't think it oh, necessarily... Like an anthology thing? Yeah, I don't think it necessarily has to be... Uh, you know, an ongoing series in the sense of like the same character in every episode. I think it could be a series where they focus on certain Jedi or a certain adventure for each Jedi. And it's a way to kind of give people the ones that's their favorite. Um, I mean, of course, Matt Lanter could just be doing anything, <laughs> but I yeah. think this is a really, yeah. really interesting observation and I'm kind of for it. So I'm going to say, yes, I think it will be that. Nice. Um, yeah, that that's a tough thing because it does make me think, well, then what was he doing? If not this, but I'm going to say no, because. And I'm I'm really going out on a limb and, and saying this, but I I think Tales of the Jedi is the the Luke Skywalker Grogu story. Interesting. I think, I think it's I think it's that era. It's going to be an animated show. It's going to involve Luke Skywalker and he's going to have Grogu with him. And then maybe Ben Solo is involved as well. And these are tales of the Jedi and he's got his new little order and they're all going on these little adventures and they're just raking in money because they can every episode have like cute little baby Yoda and Mark Hamill can voice the character and they can de-age his voice now. I just it's just seems so it's got to happen. But by that token, can't Force Ghost Anakin show up in the voice of Matt Lanter in that show? But is it going to? I mean, I <laughs> like I that's. I mean, but you, you, yeah, you, you're right. That is possible, and that would tie that back in. But I just, I think the idea here is that he's saying, is Matt Lanter reprising his role as Clone Wars Anakin? 
that's Tales of the Jedi. It's set between, you know, it's just that Clone Wars kind of era. I think that's what the question is alluding at, and I don't think that's what Tales of the Jedi is. I think it's this. I think it's this Mark Hamill, Luke and Grogu, and potentially Ben and his New Order. I, I, I'm getting that vibe. I, I have said that for a little bit. That's the show I want, and so I think it just bleeds too much promise of money. <laughs> But but I don't know. That's just that's a hunch on my part. I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Force Ghost Anakin in that show you just pitched. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I have nothing that's left. Fine. Yeah, I think that might be because the way he's saying it, it's like I'm gonna be a part of some things, but he's not like oh yeah I'm Anakin's full bore back. He's like you'll see him again. So, but anyway. Uh, that's it. So thank you to everyone who uh, submitted a topic. Uh, we try to get everybody in the mix and in rotation. So keep sending them in on Patreon. We appreciate that. But uh, we're at the end of the show. So thanks to everybody for listening and watching, being a part of TRB. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, make sure you do subscribe on your preferred platforms. And we'll, of course, tune in uh, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. East for the Mando Fan Show for Chapter 3. We'll be with Star Wars Explains Alex and Molly Damon. Uh, make sure you're going to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars NewsNet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Just put out an episode on Austin Powers, the first one. Check it out. Uh, James. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. Thank you all so much. We'll see you Wednesday with the Mando Fan Show. Till then, we'll see you around, kids.